Praise God. So God is good. Amen. His mercy endures forever and ever and ever and ever. He is ever merciful is what the word says. So we're very, very thankful that we serve an ever merciful God, uh, one that we can call on for anything that uh, if you just want companionship, comfort, a friend to talk to, somebody to sit beside, you don't have to say nothing. And he don't have to say nothing. He's just good company. Amen. So that's the kind of God that we serve. He's a good company God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Amen. He is. People always looking to people for stuff. I said if the people on Facebook would get off of there and start seeking God, they wouldn't have nothing to complain about. It's always, hey, don't let people walk all over you. You ain't doing nothing. You understand what I'm saying? Don't be a doormat. Don't be this. I said, there's some angry people out here. You know, you just sometimes you just want to put your hand on and say, God, give them your peace. Let them find you. Let them get saved. Amen. Because you couldn't be too angry for too long and have Christ living in you. That's just, that that ain't going to work. Somebody going to have to move out, and I know it's not him. So a little angry devil has got to move out at some point. <laughs> Start serving the living God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So we're going to talk today about resurrection power. Amen. It's the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in us. And uh, he lives in us for a purpose. Amen. And uh, God is a purposeful God. He's not just having us, uh, um, you know, he's not hanging around in your life for nothing. Uh, when God comes into your life, he will change, revolutionize. Uh, he will cause to uh, prosper. He will cause to increase. He will cause many good things to happen in your life. And I think it's always good to keep that in mind, that, that um, there is a purpose for God living inside of us, dwelling with us. He's alive. He makes us alive in a different kind of way. Uh, and, and so it's the new life that we have to get acquainted with and get accustomed to and understand the purpose of the new life that, that, um, has come to live in us. I think sometimes we might, uh, limit God to a certain position of living on the inside of us. Like, uh, you know, if he if he's there in resurrection power, that's a lot of power. And so sometimes we'll just kind of live like, well, I don't really need all that. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. It's kind of like, hmm, resurrection power. Well, you know, I just want to have my bills paid. I just want to have, you know, we kind of tiptoe around God. Like we can control it. Once he comes into your life, he moves in and moves everything that he is into your life. And so what what our only uh, concern then or our only purpose or quest is understanding that power and understanding how to work with it. Amen. Understanding what it's there for and, and how to allow resurrection power to do what God put it in us to do. He doesn't have a, a, a weaker power to put inside of us. Let me put it that way. He doesn't have a, a almost there power. He doesn't have a, a don't need all that power.
power he doesn't have a he only has one power that he puts inside all of his people and that's himself in resurrection life and power and so when we talk about and think about uh, what god uh, has planned for us and, and how he wants us to live we have to think in terms of allowing him to reveal himself to us and allow himself to reveal his purpose his plan uh what what he really wants out of us and how he wants us to cooperate with that power so in romans chapter 8 verse 11 it says but if the spirit of him that raised up jesus from the dead dwells in you so this is the spirit of god who raised jesus from the dead amen that spirit dwells in you the spirit of god the father the son and the holy spirit is all one spirit amen so that one spirit that raised jesus from the dead dwells in you he that raised up christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that lives abides and dwells in you never to leave you amen he is there all the time amen so when we when we live after the spirit verse 14 says for as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god so sons of god are endowed with resurrection power the same power that raised jesus christ from the dead so this power is something that we have to both read and learn about plus experience amen and i think think heavily on the experience side because when you think about the side that jesus say like if you read the gospels and you see the works of christ that is not resurrection power that he's working in amen it's a it's a power from the father but it's it's incremental it was uh um uh i guess you could say meted out or given to him or released to him in the measure that he needed it for the purposes that the father was was beginning to show and so at certain times though you would see inklings of this resurrection power when it would come say like when he saw the the woman's only son dead in the funeral and and got him up and lazarus from the tomb where jesus said i am the resurrection and the life well that i am is is el shaddai the one we meet in the first chapter of the bible so that's the father see i am the resurrection and the life so the father was endowed with resurrection power you saw it work through jesus from time to time but then after jesus was raised from the dead all power was given to him so he lives now in resurrection power in us so that power is released full throttle to him to everybody who lives in him and he lives in to the body of christ and it is the same power that overcame death to pull him out of the grave now what did that power do when he was in the grave that power raised him up so that he walked through death hell and the grave with full authority over it so if that spirit lives in us that power abides in us we have power over death hell and the grave 
and we can walk through and resist everything that death, hell, and the grave represent. And so we have to understand and believe that. Why don't I do that all the time? Well, you're learning how to walk in it. See, just like Jesus did when he got in the situations, he had the spirit without measure, which means that there was no limit on what he could do, but everything was under the control of the father. So the father knew everything that he has the master plan. Amen. The father is the idea man. Mr. Big. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Boris and Natasha would say. <laughs> Mr. Big. So so that's God the Father. He uh, to really when you think about it the father is the conceiver of things. He's the one who comes up with the ideas. The son if 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 your word say for instance you you say something and you say, I didn't mean it. Oh, you did somewhere inside of you. Something inside of you meant it. So it, you're, because your words really spring off from what you're thinking. Even though you're trying to suppress that thought. Anybody been in a situation where it pops out anyway and you say, oops, I didn't mean to say that. Well, you said it because you think about it and where that situation is concerned most of the time, you know. What we need to do really repent. You know, when you think in bad thoughts, oh boy, I got a bad thought. You need to repent uh, and say, God, you know, put truth in there instead of this nonsense because I can get myself caught in a situation where it comes out anyway and I wish I hadn't said it. Well, you said it because you thought it somewhere. But uh, for the most part, uh, we we do have control over our thoughts and in in a deliberate fashion, we are supposed to speak what we believe and, and what we think is appropriate in the situation at the time. And so there is a degree of control that we have over things, over our expression of our thoughts. Well, if the father is the brains of the operation and the son is the word, then the son is the offspring of the father. See, the words of God, Jesus is the offspring of the Father God, just as uh, your words are offsprings of your thinking. Amen. And so when you think about it that way, uh, you're, you, you cannot speak beyond that which you think, at least. And mostly we speak things that we believe. You know, somewhere deep down inside of us, we believe these things and hold on to them. And so what God is, is wanting to do, is to help us to get in sync with him in his thinking and in our speaking would reflect what he's thinking in situations so that we can be useful to him and be appropriate in all things. So so really what we're doing down here is we are learning how to pull all of this together under the authority of God but understand that the Father understands the purpose for that resurrection power. He gauges how much of it is needed in situations, how much of it is uh, um, going to get the job done, all of those things. And, and he in some way has communicated that. See, we have a measure of the Spirit. We don't have it without measure. 
So we have to learn how to hear from God and work with him on the things that he thinks are important and and how to how to measure those things out in our everyday life. So this resurrection power is I would say has great great potential but it's not needed, excuse me, in every situation. So you have the potential to raise the dead, but you know a lot of times a healing will work. You know what I'm saying? It's, let's get the headache out of the person. You know, it's, we want to go go to the cemetery and start getting people up. You know, and and we we got to work on the headache first. And so, uh, you know, the headache is is to train you to get accustomed to working with God in all situations. It's like the more that you can exercise your faith to do the exploits of God. Uh, the more proficient you will be and the more accustomed you will be to allowing that that power to work through you. So he wants it to be like an automatic thing with us that that we just automatically go to him to get the leading or get instruction and all that kind of stuff rather than being surprised, being shocked, being, you know, you, you at some point, your mind's got to get renewed to who you are, what you can do, what God expects of you, so that you won't be shocked when when God uses you. You know, not all the time. You know, it can take you by surprise sometimes, but not all the time. You have to you have to kind of walk with Him and walk in the Spirit, so that you become accustomed to what He would tell you to do and how He would tell you to respond uh, to the, the different things going on in your life. So the word resurrection, we're going to talk about what, what, what that really, really means, um, uh, um, that, that resurrection power is, is all it's all about. Uh, the word resurrection means to be rousing or rising from death as a power. Death is a power. It's not a condition. I'm going to say it again. Death is a power. It's not a condition. Case in point, we were dead in sins and trespasses, but we're still walking around, aren't we? So that power, once you repent of your sins, that power gets bound away from your life. It's, it's, not, it's not the only force that you have available to you. Before, when you were in sin and that's all you knew, death was the only force you had available to you, even though it looked like life a lot of times. You know, it looked like fun. You looked like it was okay and all of this, all of that. And then underneath it, you found out that it kind of led to your destruction. If not right away, then eventually you got there. Amen. There was a problem there somewhere. So then death as a power we're all familiar with. Amen. Even to the point where sometimes people are reluctant to even try to move out in success mode because they're so accustomed to death. Being, you see, failure is death. It's death of a plan. It's death of success. So death as a power is all around us. Sometimes it's more obvious than at other times. And sometimes it's hiding and subtle. And will manifest itself when the conditions are right, when it has an opportunity. But think more about death as a power, not a condition. 
See, if you do that, you're thinking about it correctly the way God sees it. Amen. So it, it, so raising somebody from the dead will get to be a little more familiar and friendly and expecting to you if you realize death is a power. It also is a temporary power because God has overcome it already. So if it's a temporary power, then what is the average person afraid of? And what are we afraid of? Because if you're friends with God, you're friends with his resurrection power that resides in you. See, when you're saved and you understand salvation and you fully embrace it and accept it, death is kind of not a threat anymore. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, well, you don't want to die. But you're not kicking and screaming scared of it like you don't know what's going to happen, you know, something like that. So, so you, you, and it's not like you're embracing dying prematurely. You, you believe for the, um, the extent of your days that God will, will give you the extent of your days, but you're not nervous scared of death. Now, you may not like the dying process, but you don't think about it. You'll get there at some point. You know, We put it off as long as we can. And so, it's seriously. And so, the, the, the child of God has a different view of death than the sinner does. Sinner has no clue what's that. You, you, get, you get ten sinners and you get ten different answers what they think afterlife is there and afterlife. I don't think so. I think you turn into so-and-so. It, you know, you go down the line, you get all kinds of different answers. Amen. And so, but the Christian has an understanding, biblical understanding of what death is. And as you study the things of God, you get more of an understanding that death is a power and it has been already overcome. How do we know that? If you've ever uh, been sick and God healed you through his word, you have overcome the power of death. Amen. See, it was it was approaching you and trying to overtake you, but the word put a stop to it. And raised you back up again from the bed of affliction. Now, if you think sickness and death are two different things, you're wrong. They're the same thing. It's destruction. So death as a power works through sickness because if sickness goes unchecked, it will eventually take you out of here. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, small things. I worked with a, a, a doctor one time. She was from Haiti. And uh, we were talking one time, and I asked her, I said, why don't you ever, I said, Did you, do you ever want to go back to Haiti and practice there? I said, they always send missionaries there. She said, oh, no, 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 no. And I said, well, why not? I thought, you know, everybody wants to go help people. And she said, there's nothing you can do for the people under that medical system. She said, see, I look here, and we have a cupboard with penicillin that's outdated. We throw it out. He, she said, in Haiti, they don't even have it. She said, you'll, you'll have a baby that comes in with a simple throat infection. They die from things that we have plenty of here. She said, I'd rather be a successful doctor. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's like that. So if you ever think that medicine 
is your answer to anything. It may be for a season, but start looking to the word. You got me? You have to look to the word. Why? Because that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is telling you, look, look to the word. He's always telling you, the Holy Spirit's always drawing you to the word for your answer. Amen? And your answer is near you. You know, people think, well, you know, it's, is, you know, I might as well just go ahead and take this pill of what's wrong with this. First thing they want to do is interrogate the preacher. Listen, I'm just a messenger, okay? You know, you don't have to interrogate me for permission, not permission, whatever. It's according to your faith anyway. You understand? I'm just trying to give you what God's given me to give you. Because this is available to all believers. It's up to you to receive it and accept it or not. Just because it's new, that don't mean if you won't grab a hold of it. Well, whatever. I don't care what y'all do. You understand what I'm saying? Everybody gets all upset. I can't have this and I can't have that. You can have whatever you want to have. But I'm here to tell you at some point you're going to come up against something that there is no cure for but the word. Amen. You've been living that way for six months now. There's been medicine around that people are effectively treating that thing with. and The government won't let most people have. So it's not like you can just get it anyway just because it's out there. Wake up, everybody. Amen. So resurrection really means um, to regain one's faculties. Amen. To regain one's faculties. What's that mean? Mental faculties. Resurrection power will wake up your brain. Cause you to come from sleep to wakefulness and to attention. It also means to wake up from sleep death and disease that word uh uh when when uh, um, jesus raised up that little girl the uh the jairus's daughter uh, the word they used there means to wake up from sleep death or disease when he said they are sleeping that's what he meant he meant that they weren't really dead permanently. Death as a power had encapsulated them temporarily, but he is the resurrection and the life. And when he shows up, death must leave. Amen. So he will speak to death and make it go away. Amen. And so when we understand that God has that same power, he has not. In other words, he ain't cheated us out of nothing. You haven't been shorted out of anything that he has. When the Bible says we are heirs and joint heirs with him of all things, that means that we have possession right now of everything that we need. We're not shorted on anything. See, people, when they think of inheritance, you think of something off in the future. You ask anybody who's daddy is rich how they live they living it up in the now 
and even if they don't say daddy gets mad and takes all the credit cards and they name all they have to do is go in the store to show somebody an idea this is my dad i left my car so and so and so and so can i have some and they they know what they have already they ain't waiting on daddy to die to give them nothing amen but if that were true of us jesus already died and he raised up on our behalf so we can't say we're waiting on an inheritance because the testator is dead already amen so we are the heirs we walk in it now we have it all now see healing is a promise if you're not born again you're born again it's a fact It was given to us in the atonement. The curse totally was broken. Amen. Curse of early death, curse of sickness, curse of poverty. It's all broken by the power of the blood. There are some people walking around that are in a mindset that they can't, they don't have any confidence in their ability to make a living, a good living, whatever kind of living for themselves. They're always in doubt about everything. They just need to lock them up in a room somewhere and don't give them nothing to eat or drink but throw a Bible in there. Huh? And just tell them to read the book of John. Read any of the Gospels until they get it. And when they get it, they can come out the room. Because many times we don't get it. We're so more familiar with songs about things than we are the thing. Man. You can sing about something all day long. But if you don't meditate on it, get it, get the experience of it on the inside of you. Amen. You won't get it. So it means uh, a bodily resurrection. Amen. Resurrection power means raising up a mortal body. So it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, quickens our mortal bodies. Amen. The the Bible says also, I'm trying to find where that is. Let me see. I'm going to check. Yeah, Hebrews 9.27. It says, and it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. It's appointed unto man once to die. That means once to succumb to the power of death. Then after that, the judgment. One time. So if we're appointed to die one time and then we're judged after that, well, you've already been judged sinless and worthy of heaven. So so your judgment really is not to condemn you. Your judgment is to open the gates of heaven for you and just let you in. See, you've been judged already as sinless when you confess Christ. Amen? So... If you're being, if you're appointed once to die, 
you don't have an appointment with sickness. I said you don't have an appointment with sickness. You only have an appointment. Appoint, death is appointed to everybody unless Jesus comes and takes you out of here without. You understand what I'm saying. But you don't have an appointment with sickness. Now, that should be good news to everybody. But see, a lot of people take it like, wow. I just got sick. I, I mean, people can get sick. and You can get anything you want to. Be my guest. But I'm telling you, you don't have an appointment with it. It is not appointed unto man to be sick. Well, what if I do? What do I do if I am? You get your healing. You're appointed to be healed. Amen. You have an appointment with Dr. Jesus who lives in you all the time for health and healing. You have a covenant of everything that pertains to life. Health pertains to life. Amen. According to Proverbs 4.20, life, the word is life and health to those who find it. Amen. So not only are you uh, are you through the word entitled to be born again that's eternal life but you're also entitled to health so that the the eternal life that that flows into you by this resurrection power is a different kind of life than your mortal life is the life you've been walking all this time see we're talking about when when we talk about life and health to those that find them when you find the word of god and you hide it in your heart and you minister let that word minister to you once you find that word that applies to your situation it becomes life and health to you so that word has a different kind of life than what you live in the normal in the flesh it's a different life than what you've been in before. This is a life that repeats itself in you over and over and over again. It's it's a can't-be-worn-out kind of life. It's the Zoe life of God, the eternal life of God, that has a repetitive, reverberating uh, uh, property in your mortal body. For instance, if you've been running around doing everything and arguing with people and fighting over, you know, some you owe somebody and all that kind of stuff, and you didn't got all bogged down, disgruntled, and then you, you get by yourself and you just start thanking God for this, that, and the other, and all them little dis people all of a sudden decide they want to exit your life. Huh? That's Zoe. See, you didn't have that before you got saved. See, before you got saved, you get in trouble with stuff, and you didn't know when it was going to leave, and then you got motivated to do something on your own to get you out of trouble, and it got you into more trouble, and then you had to call a lawyer somewhere, and 
well, maybe I'll park there and start talking about the Jesus, your advocate. See, you didn't have him to call on before. You had to hawk everything and run around and cry to the, all the relatives. Of course, you only get to cry to one. Because they put the, re- the rest of them on speed dial. Girl, don't get to she, uh-uh, she don't want them some money, don't I? If she called on answer that phone, she don't want nothing but some money. Huh? <laughs> but see, you have the, the Zoe life of God that it's a regenerative life. It's an everlasting life. It's a life that never ends. It can't be weakened. It can't be put out. It can only be experienced. And so once the Zoe life of God is is present in your mortal body, that life has the ability to bounce back inside of you and bounce back again when stuff comes against it. It bounces again and again and again. Amen. It will quicken your mortal body. In other words, bring to life this dead body. Amen. It's like, you know, if uh, I can, I look at Coco and I say, Coco, just don't be dragging today, girl. Help, help a sister out, please. You know, I blame everything on her. We the same age, just about. So one day I thought about it. I said, let's start praising God up in here. Let's start exalting the Lord. Let's start speaking life and health and strength to ourselves up in here. So, so you know, you don't have to succumb to it. And somewhere on the inside of you, you know that. Even though your outer man is perishing, your inner man is being renewed day by day, which one's going to win? Amen. So you got to make up your mind. This, this, the inner man can take the, the outer man with him wherever he wants to go. We, we're, that's, that's the way we've decided to live around here. And so that Zoe life is very, very much real. Amen. It's very real. <clears throat> this the um the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead quickens. Amen. Or makes alive with resurrection life the same body that's subject to death. So you're and it, you can spring back as many times as you decide to. You can get close to death and decide to spring back. Just by a decision, by the force of faith. You start exercising your faith for that. Many times people die because they've already decided that they're not going to fight to live anymore. You see that even with people that, you see it around around hospital people sometimes. And they'll say, well, well so-and-so just has to fight in order. They know what it what it is. They know it's a battle to just stay here all the time from day to day and and, uh, uh, and and people know it in the natural even if they're this ain't just something that christians know you know they they it was kind of like it, it struck me one time i was i saw joan rivers this was before well of course before she passed away but somebody was interviewing her and they were talking about how she started her career and you know how it is when women are 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 determined and and aggressive and you know gifted and talented hardworking. 
they said, well, you were one of the first women to have your own this and to break through that. I think it was in the, in her, her, you know, entertainment genre, you know, like the comedians and the, the live performance type people there weren't a lot of women that did that you know and uh, there were a lot of powerful women that were artists like that lucille ball is somebody is extremely powerful she went beyond but see she had a husband that was smart he didn't speak a lot of english but as a real smart man you know, <laughs> you know they played it off like they were smart people see she knew she couldn't front him too much you understand the prejudice and all that kind of stuff. So he allowed her to be the power there, but he was working. They they had their own studio back in the 50s when people just didn't have that. Where'd they get the money from? That woman made a lot of money and saved it up. He helped her. You understand me? And so it fell apart, you know, when they didn't get along any longer. But But that's one example of that. But Joan Rivers was unique because... There was a the circuit that they all played in was adult places like Las Vegas and different kind of, you know, entertainment venues and so forth. And women just didn't go there and try to carry an audience, but she was able to do it. And so they were talking to her and, you know, this interview was was maybe a few years before she passed away. And she said, well, she said, well, you know, life is a battle, isn't it? And and he was he just got quiet and let her talk, and she said every morning when I get up it's a battle. She said it's just always been that way. She said so just to even get up and get your day started you have to fight to do that. Amen. And I thought about how she died. Now the devil had to put her to sleep in order to kill her. Because the desire to fight and to live was so much a part of her, he knew the only way he could get her out of here was to take the fight away from her. You got me? And so when you think about us, that Zoe life, now she's she's not a Christian believer. She's a Jewish woman. But that Zoe life being in us, what excuse do we have to not fight? To to meet every need that we have and to meet every expectation of God because that life that's in us keeps springing forth over and over and over again. You can gauge it yourself. You can be discouraged about something. You can hear bad news and you can do this and do that. And then somehow inside of you gets quickened. An idea gets quickened to you. A hope gets quickened to you. Something gets gets ignited on the inside the holy spirit with resurrection power he is raising you up over the problems that you are facing right now and he's showing you there is an answer there is a a a surefire way to get what you want and get beyond this that i can show this to you amen I was telling the Lord recently, I said, you know, Lord, I know your provision. I know that these certain things you know will happen where where it will release an ease of finances to you and stuff like that. And I told the Lord, I said, sometimes I know that it's going to happen and it's on the way. I said, but sometimes I want to know how to hasten that. Not because I'm pressed. You understand what I'm saying? 
But if I am pressed, even more so, you need to know how to hasten things. But I really want to learn, because see, the closer, the quicker you can get provision in your hand, the faster you can solve problems, either for yourself or other people, the, the more quickly that you can can uh, alleviate somebody else's distress or suffering or you can be in position to do that if it comes up you see what i'm saying and so i want to cut this delay thing this thing that kind of drags sometimes you want to cut that out of there and see there's it because god's speaking that to me see if, if that resurrection power was not there to be able to do that then the idea wouldn't come to me by the spirit to do those kinds of things and so i was talking to god about it you know in in some of the ways that that he's shown me in the past to get this done uh, you know he's so a seed we all know how to do that hit the devil over the head and stun him and he'll drop it you know what i'm saying and uh, uh that kind of stuff but there's more there somehow see there's more there there's more than just one way, you know, to skin a cat, <laughs> then give it cream. Amen. So you can you grab him by the tail and, and strangle him, you know. <laughs> now, I'm all for that. Huh? Yeah, take it from him. But you know what I'm saying. You just, <laughs> there's ways to get things done. Sorry about that. Well, excuse, excuse my vernacular. Ooh. But I'll kill him in a minute if he got my money. Praise the Lord. He's worthy. He's worthy. <laughs> Praise the <our> Lord. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just want to get this over with, get it done. Huh? <laughs> so to quicken really means to make alive, to give life. Amen. And to give, in our situation, give the Zoe life, it also means to preserve life. So the resurrection power of God is a life preserver. Amen. It'll preserve you right where you are. You know, it, 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 it just, just as a means of helping us to understand the life of God that's in us. Amen. It is a life preserver. Um, uh, it, one word for, for quicken really means to revive. Amen. Uh, or, I'm sorry, yeah, quicken to revive, to sustain, and to feed the body. So the Zoe life does all of that. It revives so say, for instance, if you've got illness and they're so severe, they immobilize you, the life of God can revive you. And I'm not talking about days. I remember when Peter's mother-in-law was sick and it says when Jesus touched her, the fever left and she got up and ministered to them. She wasn't praying and laying hands. That not that kind of ministry. Do I got to find that in the Bible? Somebody find it for me. Please. See, you just bought yourself some trouble. You could have said amen just on spec and let me keep moving. But oh, no. You had to go into question mode. Huh? Luke 4. Thank you all. 
What else happened in Luke chapter 4? The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. So Jesus' ministry starts there. You could say that the mother, Luke 4 what, honey? 38. You could say the mother-in-law got the overflow anointing from his ministry. It's always good to be in the house ready to cook. He arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. Now this woman, great fever means that she was probably unconscious. And they besought him for her. And he stood over her, rebuked the fever to left her, and immediately, no convalescent period. No step down ICU. Immediately, she got up and cooked for them. In case y'all don't know what minister means. Means to serve. Listen, if you're going to get your mother-in-law up, she better be able to cook. You understand either? You can resurrect a lot of problems. Where you been, Peter? I told that daughter of mine you wasn't no good. You done been up. You got no, I ain't got no fish neither. I can tell you don't even smell like fish. Where you been? Uh-huh. So, no, she got up and did what she would do otherwise. That's what health, that's what healing does. That's what healed people do. They get up and resume what they would do if they weren't. They don't sit up there for three days wait, looking for other, everybody to wait on them hand and foot. Well, I don't care if you don't like it. Heal people get up and do it. They meet expectations. Listen, if you got all them people show up at your house and it's dinner time, you stuck. You need to have something prepared anyway. You should be preparing for it. Amen. Don't invite nobody to your house at 6 o'clock. Now, if that ain't your thing, just let them, girl, I won't. Can we do it tomorrow in the morning? Whatever. I don't care. I'll meet you somewhere. <laughs> Let's look at Romans 6. I'm going to leave that. See, everybody holding their breath like, I'm going to get to something you like better. See, you skip this, it's going to get worse. Okay. You should have figured that out by now. (laughs) So in Romans 6, verse 8, Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Amen. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Once you are raised, you can't die anymore. 
So if you have resurrection power on the inside of you, you will you will die once but be raised up from that power that's in you. So that's why you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. As long as that power resides in you, it can only be subject to death one time and then you get raised up again. After that, the judgment, we don't get judged with the world. Amen. So we just just we just really kind of like step over. We taste death just like Jesus did. Amen. For whatever period of time he tasted it. But the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. And so really when you think about it, being in the presence of the Lord means that death may or may not have a hold on you. That Jairus' daughter, they came and told him, don't trouble the master any longer. She's dead. She was dead to them. In fact, she was dead to them a long time ago. Faithless people. So, so, but she was in Christ by faith of her father. That's when they, they, that's why when they ran up and tried to talk to him, he was teetering like many of us are. Which report do you believe? So here come his, his, you know, posse from his house. You know, those are all his disciples so to speak he's the ruler of the synagogue so these are all his buds these people he's taught them they you know they're under his system all that kind of stuff so all of a sudden he turns on them and goes to jesus you think the devil's gonna let jesus have you and not make a play to get you back they would love nothing better than to see her die to prove jesus wrong and let him know how foolish he is for even try to trust. Because that's what they tell everybody else that comes in there. So here this man has to eat his own words in order for his daughter to live. So immediately when Jesus starts coming home with him, he's holding that girl in life. She's in resurrection, life, and power. Amen. Because the resurrection power, when Jesus was alive physically in the earth, the resurrection power was delegated to him from the Father. So he didn't have to have everything that was needed. He just had to have enough for each situation. That's the way we live. You get enough for each situation. Amen. I can tell you how to get more power. Get into more situations. Do more for God and see if the power don't show up in the Amen. And so here here he is. He tells, tells Jairus immediately when he hears the evil report. And he does that with us too, immediately. See, we'll hear something negative, and then after you you go a few days, you something told me. Resurrection life was speaking to you. 
resurrection power see that's not just something that's him amen you need to get get accustomed to obeying that something and you'll have better results but see we we teeter between life and death many times you know which which report are you going to believe what do you but jesus is always the minister there to minister us hold on to life amen He's there to tell us to hold on to life. Just like he did with him. It's immediately Jesus turned to him and said, don't you let go of this. Why? Because he felt him slipping. He knew his faith was fragile. He knew he just barely got out the house and, and made it there to ask him for the girl. See, many times we're we're timing things. She was near death, but he probably looked at her and said, well, maybe I do have enough time to get Jesus. I go out there and find where he is and get him to come back here. So he's on the clock. That brother's pressed. And then his queen comes up behind him. (laughs) But she begging too, like most of them queens are. Huh? You down crawling on the ground hoping she don't get seen. She ain't thinking about no crown down there on the ground. She thinking about not dying. Amen. But Jairus didn't bank on anything interrupting. So he just got just enough faith. Get there. Get my prayer in. Get Jesus by the hand back here and run on back here to see if we make it in time. (laughs) he doesn't understand that once jesus grabs hold of that girl time is not a factor anymore same thing with us time is not a factor. when am i gonna get my healing when am i gonna get that when am i gonna get when 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 it's not important it's important to the devil because he can harass you about it But if you make it not important to you, it'll probably happen a whole lot faster. If we believe time delays things or we're running out of time, it'll happen according to your faith. But if we can get time out of the picture, you have such peace. Such peace. You ever get real peaceful about something where you used to be nervous about and you wonder what's wrong with you? Wait, wait, wait. Where did I go? Where? where Something left me. Give it back. I feel naked without it. What am I going to do? I don't have anything to worry about all of a sudden. See, that's when your faith, amen, that's when, when you're with him in faith. Amen. That's the faith of the Son of God. It's timeless. It's worryless. It's not pressured about anything. Amen. It's not concerned about anything take no thought it obeys that colossians 2:13 oh colossians
and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh has he quickened together with him so you've been made alive together with christ and resurrection power what that means is you don't have to figure this thing out by yourself you've got somebody to help you think you've got somebody to lead and guide you you've got somebody to intercede for you you've got somebody to teach you what the power is for where to use it how to use it what it can do what it won't do under what conditions you've got somebody to do the whole job for you to be honest with you he's just leading you into the things that he is partnering with you in or you're partnering with him in the things of life amen so he says he's quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses so all means all what's all past present and future see we get stuck on the future we be rolling on so good and Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so full of joy. I'm so full of that. (laughs) And the devil pops up, gets you to mess something up. And then you wonder about, how could I do that? You don't want to know how you could do that. Huh? You're not supposed to investigate yourself. He tells you to confess. All of a sudden, we didn't go to the acquittal phase, you know, the sentencing phase of the trial, and you can't even be found guilty. I'm going to say it again because somebody went to sleep on me. I found out who's sleeping. I'm going to preach twice as long. And I'm going to let you sleep and then everybody else go home and you still be steady. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I see, we wondering, how could I do something? I don't know how I could. Uh, I'd tell you to wonder. Because if he told you how you did it, you'd be upset then too. You'd really be upset. Huh? How could I be so stupid? I, I know better than that. I've been saved long enough to mess up again. It's what you've been saved long enough for. He told you to do none of that. Well, sometimes we got to search. No, you don't. If you found it, you couldn't do nothing with it anyway, but confess. Tells you confess. Confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you. So he's already forgiven you and blotted all of them out. We just got a cop to him. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. Huh? He says, blotting out the handwriting and ordinances that were against us, which were contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. What are the ordinances that were against us? The curse curse was nailed to the cross the law wasn't nailed to the cross the penalty of the law he writes the law in our hearts now we know what to do if we don't 
check the book, check with the Holy Ghost, and he'll tell you exactly what to do in all situations. Amen? See, our tr- you know what our biggest trouble? We try to preserve ourselves instead of falling on his mercy. You're trying to do everything right. Like you get more points for that. Well, we don't live off points. <laughs> like my late husband used to say, he we would watch Wheel of Fortune. They give him a free spin, and he said, "Watch this, watch this, watch this." And he'd be so mad at it. That's right, take it home with you. If they would save the free spin, he said, "Watch him, take it home with you." Stupidest thing I ever seen. <laughs> Snatch the TV out of the plug or whatever, you know, mad at them. You know, that same thing as living this life for points. They just live by faith, not by points, folks. Amen. Romans 6, 9. Did we do that one already? We're raised from the dead. All right. Romans 6. Oh, we did 6, 8. All right. So did we do 9 right right behind? 6, 8, 8 and 9. Sorry about that. I wrote them down separately. 6, 8 and 9 we should have. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. So you get raised up one time after that, you beat the rap every single time. Amen. So once resurrection life and power comes into you, you cannot die anymore. Why? You've defeated death. It can't all of a sudden get real strong and come and overtake you now. So if it's defeated once, it's defeated every single time. That's why there's some people, you know, I'll, I'll talk to people like I, I knew somebody that had had been healed of a, like a, a, a terminal disease you know one of them to take you down and then take you out and um and then the, i saw them some years later and they were like well i gotta have this surgery and i gotta have this i said why would you go from i see you've been healed once already you know it's it's like that resurrection power is in her that got her out of a, a terminal disease. But now all of a sudden, and see, this is what the enemy will do to us. He'll make us think that when we receive what's rightfully ours, it's a a rare one-time thing. It is hard to get this, and you can't you can't just get this all the time. Well, of course you can. Because if it didn't take you down the first time, it won't take you. Remember the song, he'll do it again, he'll do And see, be, be, that's the ignorance that we lived in. We wondered if God was going to uh, help us out a second time. Well, if he helped you out once, why wouldn't he? Huh? He ain't like a cheap relative. Uncle John. You know, Uncle John, if you go to him to me, Uncle John ain't going to get, oh, Uncle John stingy. Yeah, because Uncle John know how to hold on to his money because he don't give it to people like you. We ain't go liars. <laughs> he probably got a lot of money out there. People promised to pay him. 
Uncle John just quit being stupid. He just cheap. He, he's smart. Well, God's not like that. He has a covenant with us to take care of these things. Over and over and over again. It's the devil that's stingy. And he tries to put his stinginess on God. Make us think God's stingy. Like in order for us to get get healed, well, he had to really make some exceptions for, oh, look at that Alicia. Oh, boy, here she comes again. I had to really dig deep to get, you understand what I'm saying? It's not like that. Freely he gives. Gives freely. So when you're raised from the dead, you can't die anymore. That's why they call it the blessed hope. Amen? So when you depart this life, it's only that one time. Amen? And then you step over into your resurrection life permanently. Amen? Your body starts to get transformed. Amen? It, it's totally a different, a different temple that you live in. Amen? Hebrews says it's appointed unto us once to die after that the judgment. Amen. Some people die twice. Those who don't have Christ die twice. Amen. They get a funeral home death and then they get a permanent death. Death clings to them for eternity. That's why we're here to preach the gospel to every creature. When you think about that happening to somebody, it should encourage you to preach even more amen first corinthians fifteen fifteen. Now, verse 12, we'll start there. He says, now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how do some people among you say that there is no resurrection? So if Jesus, if you if you preach this, then you can't say that there's no resurrection because you must have faith in it to preach it. But if there be no resurrection from the dead, then is, is Christ not risen? And if he's not risen, then our preaching is in vain and our faith is also in vain. Amen? Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he didn't raise up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not risen. If he's not raised, your faith is in vain and you are yet in your sins. So he would have to be alive now. For our sins to even be forgiven. Because he would have to have had power over everything that was holding us back to get us free from our sins. So if he's not raised up with all power over that, then we're yet waiting on a power to get us out of this. That'll help you when you start wondering why you're not healed yet. Why your symptoms are still here. Why is this still lingering? Why is that still lingering? He's done everything that there's nothing lacking anywhere for you to receive what it is that you need. There's nothing. You're not waiting on anything to happen. You're not uh, uh, without 
whatever it is you think you need in order to move God. He's already been moved. And But really, me and you, we can't move him no way. If his son couldn't move him, we certainly, I mean, you know, it took his son to move him, not us. We have no power to move. All we can do is freely receive. Amen. Because he's given to us freely. So if we're not in the mood of receiving, uh, the works won't help you. You understand what I'm saying? Just forget that. There's nothing else you can do. Only believe, the Bible says. Believe and not doubt. You know, doubt will work on you all kinds of ways. So we are appointed unto man once to die after that. We are judged sinless and guiltless. And we're con- we continue on in resurrection life. <clears throat> First Corinthians 6.17 tells us that we are new creatures. Amen. First Corinthians six It says here, verse fourteen, and the Lord has both raised up the Lord, and God has both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall Christ then take Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For the two, he says, shall be one flesh. This is talking about he was correcting them on sexual immorality. You don't join the body of Christ to a harlot. Amen. That's why we only have communion when God tells us to. I don't believe in just because you don't know who you're. You know what I'm saying. We're all one body here. And if people can't repent, I mean, even if you ain't living right, repent. And ask God to cleanse you so that you can receive his body. But that's sometimes why a lot of congregations go downhill. You know, the Bible says if you take it unworthily, if you take that sacrament unworthily, well, not just you, but everybody else you're taking it with. See, we're a communal body as well. So if somebody here is joining the body of Christ to a harlot, that's bringing contamination on the whole group. And so you have to make sure that you school people when you just go in and eat that bread and wine and leave on out of there or just look at that scripture and act like you're not. That's why a lot of congregations sleep. They just are not alive to the power of Christ. They just, you know, this ritual stuff will get you in trouble. Just doing it as a fashion and a form and because we've always done it that way. The stuff will get you in trouble. I had communion with a puppy. Oh, yeah, too. The moocher. The one in faith and the the hanger on. Amen. But I'm telling you, uh, you know, just because the children's bread is healing. And your dog is entitled to the crumbs from your table. 
So you have communion with your pets when they eat your. Oh, Pastor Bob, don't say that. I'm just going to beat that wallet. I can't take it anymore. Well, I'm real sorry. But is our Jade healed? She's very much healed. Amen. And so is Coco. We we both real healed. Amen. We're walking in divine health. Give me another one of them, Barb. You got to believe your word, folks. Want your pets well? You want to go take them to the vet and have a big bill? It's up to you. So where were we? First Corinthians talking about not joining the Lord's body to a harlot. Amen. As a minister, if if you know some of your members are in sexual sin, you can't have them have communion with everybody. I don't believe in it. Now, some people just do it, and that's on them. But I'm not going to do that. Too scared of God. Amen. What I don't know, they take care of between them and God. You got me? You don't know who's repentant either. But knowingly entering in like that, joining everybody with that kind of sin, I just don't do it. Okay? Call me old-fashioned. You just don't call me late to dinner. You understand what I'm saying? But you have to be careful of these things, folks. You really do. Um, he says, don't you know that your bodies are members of Christ? Verse 15. Then shall I take the members of Christ, make them members of a harlot? God forbid. What know you not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For the two, he says, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So we are one spirit with Christ. He said, flee fornication. Every sin that a man does is without the body, but he that commits fornication sins against his own body. That's why you got your STDs, your VDs. We used to call them venereal disease back in the day. But now they're they're kind of cutesy terms. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, they're viral. That's the bad part. It makes them real hard to get rid of. Repentance will get rid of it, and, and, and you could seek God for healing. But don't go trying to seek God for healing and jump back in the bed of fornication again. It says, Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, you know, there's people that will take this scripture. It is plainly talking about sexual sin. They'll take it to sell health food products with. Now, don't act like y'all don't know that and you don't see them. But they'll take scriptures like this and want to tell you certain food ain't good for you and you got to eat this supplement right here because this, this gives you the stuff your food don't give you. And it's a temple. Uh-huh. Well, I'm seeing y'all ain't temple people. You probably aren't even bothered with that devil that tells you not to eat certain things. I can see nobody's here subject to that kind of bondage. Amen. <laughs> Including myself. Let us move on to the deeper things. Amen. <laughs> But there's a difference. 
between that's why it'll take you out of here quick you see some people that that have come down with with aids they they get so far in their freedom to live a good holy life after that and and i haven't come into contact with many people like that but the few i have die of that disease even though they're saved and their sins are forgiven it's hard to get past certain things when you sinned against your own body you understand what i'm saying thank god they repent and go home to be with the lord but could have had so much more could have had health and healing and a new life in christ you understand what i'm saying and so it's it's not good to knowingly live like that the road back can be very very hard and very long amen and so you you don't you condemn yourself once you live in self-condemnation after your believer you don't want to live like that you got me you live right amen i mean even if you you got to go lock yourself up somewhere <laughs> uh, just call yourself the bond servant of christ you understand what i'm saying but you're living for him amen i'm not talking about living it up i'm talking about living for him amen and be thankful if if you made that mistake and god's forgiven you be thankful for your release from it and keep your release amen keep your freedom don't sell your freedom off like that so if christ is not raised we die twice amen being yet in our sins because there's no power in us to overcome but christ is raised from the dead so we have resurrection power in us we are new creatures we have power over all the powers of darkness you have power over cheating lying putting things off everything that would work against your faith you have power over that because that same power that raised him from the dead amen works against uh works against the powers of darkness that would assail us so allow yourself to be transformed allow yourself we're getting to know how to work with this resurrection life and power that's what god's teaching us he's teaching us how to be new creatures what that new creature life is all about what this power is all about how not to be boastful about it but to be secure in it to know you've got it when you need it but it you don't know you don't trigger it on your own amen this power sustains you it keeps you alive it keeps you healthy it keeps you prosperous it keeps you on the right road to the things that god has for you it helps you in many many ways see and it helps you um bridge some things you know what shannon the lord's telling me that he said you've done something that he's wanted you to do for a while now that's between you and him i don't know what it is but he says you bridged over into a new level of prosperity he said and it will not leave you this time it's going to stay with you and it won't be taken amen amen praise god amen well why don't we quit father we thank you for your word we thank you for understanding thank you for blessing us thank you for helping and keeping us thank you lord for resurrection life and power that works in this mortal body that there is no assailant to come against this body that we can't overcome with your word i thank you lord that your word is life it's light it's power 
And it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Conquer death, hell, and the grave that walked through the portals of hell and chained up every demon that was there and dragged it openly through through the streets to show that they were his slaves. So every demon is the slave of Christ. Every knee is bowing at this time to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we thank you, Father, for our health and for our healing. I thank you, Lord, for giving us victory over every single demon, every death, every illness, every virus, every sickness. So I thank you for that, Father, in the name of Jesus. So let's do our confession. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. Thank you, Father, for resurrection power and life in my mortal body to defeat every darkness, every sickness, every poverty, every power that is against me in Jesus' name. And by the stripes of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, I am healed. It is so decreed. Amen and amen again. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.